Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. Hey, I'm here, and uh, what week has been? I don't. I know, man. Yeah. I, you kind of scared me. You look like Michael J. Fox from Back to the Future coming in that hazmat suit and uh, stacks of toilet paper you got over there. Just the, what, the Darth Vader mask makes you uncomfortable? Yeah, that's right. No, I, man, I did take it off. You're exactly right. It has been a crazy, crazy time lately. Um, you know, it's just been a time of uncertainty you know for a lot of things with people with work and you know schools closing and 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 you know uh family members adults parents having to figure out you know where they can work how to deal with children that are home you know we've had recently here in memphis the masses and anything really parish related canceled and uh it's just something that we've never seen before you know right. and I was supposed to be in Milwaukee, you know, this past weekend, speaking to 3,500 men and was packing the suitcase and, and got a text said, you know, the Archbishop has asked us to to consider canceling and that's what we're going to do. And, and you know, I was looking forward to going to do that, obviously, and, and being a part of bringing the gospel to the men up there. But, you know, it's affecting people in a lot of ways. I mean, the people in that conference alone had, you know, I don't want to share the amount, but a very large amount of money tied up in the venue alone. You know, and, and so they're having to rely on people that had bought tickets to to uh, to hopefully donate that to be right. able to not go broke as a nonprofit through sure. this stuff. Well, and all so, the people that are like, you know, on, on hourly wages. Yeah. I mean, they're they're struggling really Restaurant hard workers, yeah. people that, you know, that depend on tips and things like that. Yeah. There's just a lot of stuff out there. And, you know, it's really – it's a desolate time right now. It's uncertain and it's desolate. And a lot of people – are worried they're scared about whether i you know getting food or 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 going out in public or what we can do what we can't do and and of course the news media is you never know what to believe of what's coming out of where there's so many conflicting things but you know i really think that we are being invited into a special place by the lord i mean i don't think that's any coincidence that this is going on during lent um you know in this this desolation and uncertainty, it's something that we can always expect in our lives as Christians. You know, there, there's, we're never all sunshine and rainbows. There's periods of life we've talked about here a million times where we're going to be desolate and those moments where, where God's grace is, is removed from us in a certain extent to allow us to try to figure things out on our own sometimes. That's what desolation is, is that God pulls that, that grace back just enough to see, okay, now what are you going to do? How are you going to stand on your own two feet when it's not as easy? How are you going to live as a Christian when when you don't have this abundance of grace that's pouring out to you all the time? And so we're in the middle of that right now. Like it broke my heart the other day when I thought, you know, I was going to go to mass that day, but as you know, I've been dealing with back problems and things like that. Had a nerve block scheduled for uh, yesterday and Monday. I'd had a sinus infection the week before, so I had to get a clearance from a clinic and I had to do that Monday. The only time that was an open appointment was during when I would have gone to mass. And when I, when it, that news came out Tuesday, like that's it, no more masses. I, I just, my heart sunk. I, I'm a guy that goes to mass every day, except for Saturdays. I don't go a lot mm-hmm. of Saturdays, but I've come to know and to, to desire and to want the Eucharist in my life every day. I mean, I really feel like that gives me what I need to go through my day. Mm-hmm. It, I feel 
naked on a lot of days when I haven't been to mass, you it's know, because of that. right. Yeah, it sustains you. Right. And there's a lot of people out there that are feeling that way. Like, how am I going to get through whatever this uncertain amount of time is until I'm able to take the Lord, you know, into my body again? And, and so I think we're being invited into this whole other, other level of trust right now. Um, you know, and I, as I've said, I, for the last couple months, I mean, a lot of people don't know this. We've mentioned it a little bit, but beyond just this, this coronavirus stuff, you know, I, I, I was, moved from full-time to, to contracting work for my job where I've been for the last couple of years. And that was an unexpected thing, you know, right there at Christmas. And, you know, I love those guys. They've done a lot for me and, and I'll continue to do what I can for them. But, you know, changes had to be made for various reasons. And I'm doing that contracting work, but I've been without, you know, a, a full-time salary or job, you know, and Angel and I have decided to start this Pew Ministries up, this uh, nonprofit, which that's, uh you know, a new journey and task that neither one of us have, have gone on before. So trying to be diligent and following the, where we believe the Lord's leading us there. Um, you know, this back pain that's been two and a half months, you know, a couple shots in the back now, not, not going away. It's been a time of desolation, you know, in my own life of, of right, Lord, like what's going on here? Like I, I feel far from you. I feel, and, and so, you know, we, we go through those times in our life, but what that is, is, is God inviting us to trust in him more. You know, we all want answers. We all want the next 10 sets of, of footsteps out in front of us, Lord. Like, show me which way. Do I go right? Do I go left? Where are you in all of this? And I think we're all experiencing that now as a world, you know, is is what's next? When's the last time? When's the next time I can go back to work? When's the next time my kids are going to be in a school? When, you know, what's happening with everything in our lives? And it's just, it's a tough place to be in. But I think the Lord is really inviting us into this trust and into really, allowing us to stand on our own feet and see what kind of, of Catholic Christians we are. Yeah. Well, and, and what you're talking about, sickness is always going to be near us and around us. It's, mm-hmm. and, and, but then there's always healing. Right. And I think we're, we're in that sickness part where, um, whether it's bodily and soul as well. And, uh, and sometimes like St. Augustine wrote a book called the city of God, where there's a city of God and there's a city of man. Right. And yeah. we're in the middle. We're being pushed and pulled Either way, you, you know, we're, we're led by pleasure, we're led by desire for, for God. And, and sometimes when, when the chaos, uncertainty, desolation happens, um, we, and the pleasures that we were once comfortable with are removed, um, then fear comes in, right? Sure. So those that live within the, man, the city of man or have, have dwelt within the city of man for a long time, all their comforts and all their pleasures are being diminished. And then if they're able to wake up, then they'll realize that, well, I'm in the wrong place, you know, and, yeah. and maybe something like this, like I said, you want, you always want to have a silver lining, anything that happens to you, you sure. know, and, and that silver lining is God's calling us back. He's calling us back saying, Hey, you know, take confidence in me, you know, put your trust in me, you know, do not be afraid in the moment of when everyone else is fearful around you. And, and that takes, that takes strong conviction of, of uh, assessing your faith. Where am I right now? You know, and especially yeah. for those that are in the midst of fear and not being who are Catholic and not able to go to receive the Eucharist um, and hopefully still have confession. I'm, I'm sure that's still open and sure. available. But the sense of, of not being in mass is, is I think, fearful for someone who's, you know, drowning. Sure. So, um, you know, but if, if anyone's listening and talk to your priest, you know, do confe- go to confession 
and maybe there'll be something that they can help you out personally. But, well, yeah, there's, there's the church is still doing the things yeah. that they're allowed to do in most places like that, you know, and, and they're trying to be good stewards of, of what they've been asked sure. to do by the government and everything else as well. But I think that we're really being called further out into the desert with Christ. I mean, if you look at this, when he goes in the desert, he's stripped of everything for 40 days. And we may be facing a period of 40 days, 180 days, whatever it may be with all this. But we're being invited to truly understand what that means, this Lent. You know, to truly say, I'm having everything stripped away from me. Um, You know, but it's not, you know, we look at uncertainty and and desolation as, as something like a negative all the time. But it really is the place where we grow as Christians, as we grow as Catholics in this time where it's not as easy for us. And, you know, I've got a quote here from Pope Francis where he says, in this quest to seek and find God in all things, there is still an area of uncertainty. There must be. If a person says that he met God with total certainty and is not touched by a margin of uncertainty, then this is not good. And what he's what he's saying there is there have to, there has to be these times. If it's just easy for us all the time, if it's just you know rinse and repeat, then we're not growing as Catholics. We're not we're not becoming the people that we need to be. So there's always got to be these times where where we find ourselves in a rut or we find ourselves in a situation like what's going on in the world right now where we don't know. And it's God saying like you don't have to know. I've told you from the beginning. I have a plan. And this is part of that plan. And yeah, it may not be comfortable. It may not be what you wanted. Your life may be you know, upside down right now. But that's why you need to trust me. And it's very hard and, and, and it's going to be. But it, it's giving us opportunities to really understand the words of Christ when he said, I thirst. Right? I thirst. He thirsts for us. Now it's our time to really thirst for him. If you're a guy or a, guy or a lady that have been going to daily mass every day and the Eucharist is such a part of your life, now you're being invited to thirst, like for, for this to be taken away and to long for it. You know, we get in such ruts and such habits of, of taking for granted everything that we have in our life, whether it's our house or our car or this. Well, now we really get to see how much this means to us. If this is somebody that, because you can go to mass every Sunday, you can go to mass however many days a week you are. And it can become just another thing you're doing. It can be just another box to check. Well, now it's been taken away. And I look at that as a blessing and as a benefit. It's tough and it's hard. But I think there are going to be so many people that come out of this that just say, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize what this meant in my life. Mm-hmm. I have I have gone from a place of reverence and, and wanting to respond to this to just it being another part of my day. And I think the Lord is inviting us back into seeing how much we need him and how much our lives are affected by him. And so my hope is when we go back to Mass, whenever that is, that that, that day you walk in and there's people in tears and there's people on their knees, you know, walking into the church and there's quiet and and people just saying, finally, we're, we're reunited, you know, and, and, and that's what I hope. It's, it's almost as if half the body's been in a coma for all these yeah. years and, and they're being prodded to wake up now and to be on fire for Christ. You sure. Know? I mean, to, to do God's work that God has set for them individually, their own will. I think some of, some of us put it on pause, you know, because, well, like you were saying earlier, John, like there's other things that may take importance of, of going to Mass or, or, you know, spending time in the Scriptures or doing anything that's for the Church. I mean, like you said, we're, we're, we're surrounded by technology that can distract us so often and easily sure. that we said, well, you know, I'll go next time. Or I'll, I'll, I'll read next time, or I'll pray, 
you know, maybe tonight. But or it'll then, always be there. It'll always be right? there, right? Yeah, yeah, whenever I do feel like going, it'll always be there. And, and you know, that's it's a dangerous place to live. And I think that the Lord allows for these tight periods. I mean, nobody obviously would have thought there'd be a global pandemic around of a, right. of, of a virus that, I mean, a, an invisible enemy, as the president said the other day, uh, that would cause this much trouble. You know, in this world, we live in our comfort and we live in, you know, especially here in the United States, if, if you're a person in the middle class or, or even lower class, I mean, you, you have comforts that the rest of the world doesn't have. So you kind of tell yourself that we're impervious to this stuff. It's not a big deal. Nothing bad will ever happen. We're so comfortable. But the Lord is really allowing us to be to, for things to be ripped from us and, and for us to put our focus back on him and to truly grow in our spiritual relationship with him right. and with our family. And you know, it also reminds me of the upper room. You know, when when Jesus appeared to the disciples after after his uh, uh, crucifixion and resurrection, you know, they want him to stay throughout that forty days, and he tells them, "No, I've got to go. Like I've got to send. There's another coming, an advocate that's that's going to be here for you guys. That this is what you need. He can't come until I'm gone." And I think that that's sort of in the same situation we're in. You know, now that we've had these things taken away, the Eucharist, Mass, all these things, we're sort of crying out, Lord, like, don't leave us, which Christ is always in our hearts. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that he's leaving us. But in the same sense, he's saying, like, look, there's another. And that that other has lived in you since the day you chose to be baptized. And if it's laying dormant, then now is the time for it, for you to allow it to awaken within you and to do these things that you've been taught and to, to put into practice the things that we have we maybe have forgotten or we were raised cradle Catholic and it's just something else or we never accepted the faith as our own. We just go through the motions because we were raised that way. Now's the time where the Lord is, is, is the you know, his physical body and blood has left us for this time period, whatever that may be. And we're being invited into leaning on the advocate, the Holy Spirit within us all, to be able to move forward in this and to allow that gift to help us become the people that we're called to be during this time. And so it just, it really made me think about that. And and what an opportunity to practice what we preach, right? Like we, we've talked about this so many times on here, being a gift. That's what we're here for, is understanding we're not here for ourselves, we're here for others. And when you see all this mess going around with people fighting over toilet paper and fighting over water and and lining up for hours on end, and we've got elderly and people like that that, that really, really need, need yeah, yeah. Needs resources, yeah. But we, you know, we buy into the media and we've got to go out and you see all all these, you know, young, healthy people that they've said time and time again, you're not in much risk, you may carry it. But, you know, we're we're fighting over stuff that the elderly needs that you know, the shelves are, are before they can get out of bed physically, get clean, get dressed, get in a car, get somewhere, or have somebody come get them. By the time they get the store, everything's gone. Yeah. You know, and, and, and what we're, I think the devil uses things like this to, to, to bring out that inherent selfishness we all have, like that self prevent, mm-hmm. that self uh, preservation. You know, I got to get me and my family handled. And of course, nobody's saying, don't take care of your family. Don't get more than you need. But right. right. But we still yeah. need to take care of those around us. I, yeah. I, I was at the, the same day I went to get that clinical release. I was in a Kroger at that little clinic. And, you know, I called my wife and, and she said, get some things while you're there. And she didn't tell me what, just some food or whatever you can get your hands on. And so I walked by the milk, you know, uh, cabinets there and opened up and there was two half gallons of 2% milk. That was it. Everything else was gone. So I got one of them and then I went on through shopping and, and I called my wife. And I said, I've got this, 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 and this. And she said, well, we've already got milk. I went the other day and I've got a gallon and a half, a gallon and, or two gallons or so. We had enough. 
And so I turned around and I looked, and there's these two women staring at the same place I'd just been with their hands up in the air, one of them older and one of them probably her daughter, going, I don't know. And I just went right back over there and said, look, would you please take this out? We don't need it. It turns out we've got some. And the woman had a tear in her eye, you know, over something like that. And yeah. and that's what we're called to be during this time. And it's really an opportunity to live the words and the commandments of Christ, to, to love our neighbor as ourselves, to to really look out for people. I know there's several parishes that have put out things saying, you know, if you're healthy and able, you know, and you can take things to elderly, please give us your number and sure. volunteer to go make store runs and those things. Well, there, are, there are a lot of those that are shut-ins that are unable to get yeah. out or may not have a full-time care provider. So, and uh, it be, it's our job to watch out for them. Right, and we're, in, we're being invited to live out the gospel in our lives through this. Yeah. Not just to simply hoard away. I mean, of course, we're social distancing and we're being told to stay, you know, in our homes and things like that. But there's opportunities to go for you to go help others that are in need. And so if you look at this big picture, so many people are looking at it as just the world's ending and this is horrible. But as a person of faith, we need to look at this as an opportunity the Lord is presenting us to live out that which we preach. You know, whether it means growing in our own personal holiness and, and learning to to continue to do things when we don't have the 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 crutches that we have. I don't want to call mass or something a crutch because that's that's you know that's probably not the best idea to call a mass. But the things that we have every day that we're so used to that we don't have anymore. Mm-hmm. It's an opportunity to grow as a person. Um, also, you know the thing I see so many Facebook posts out there where people are saying, um, you know, oh, what am I going to do? I'm home and I can't work because my kids are here. And oh my gosh, I'm going to have to homeschool. And I'm uh, blah blah blah. And Deacon Jeff's probably laughing because they've homeschooled like nine kids. So this is a day in the park for them. Walk in the park, but. But the um, the thing that I've noticed, and I'm home, I work from home now, you know, in the things that I'm doing, and my kids have been there, and granted it's only been three or four days, so the craziness hadn't set in, but I'm looking at, at this as an, as an opportunity to not only help them in their studies and all those things, but to get to know Christ more, to to practice all these things that in our busy lives, you know, we, we want to pray with our kids, we want to do these things. But let's face it, if we're being honest, a lot of our days are get up, get dressed, get ready for work, get some food in your kids, get them out the door, get them to school, get home, uh, do homework, get them fed, get them to 18 different soccer or, or whatever events. And then if there's a couple minutes at night, have them say their prayers before they go to bed. Well, now if you're somebody that's blessed to be home, you've got periods in the day where you can do things with your children. You can say family rosaries. You can read the daily readings with them. You can you can just talk to them about the Lord and really Tell them, like, during this, we need to lean on our faith and lean on our God and really be there for ourselves, for our family, and to teach each other. Yeah. So that's that's another benefit of this. You know, we shouldn't just look at all this as, as I'm inconvenienced and my world's upside down and, come on, God, when are you going to get rid of this thing? But look at the opportunity he's given us to become who we're supposed to be and to, and to live out this in our life. Well, I mean, I totally agree because uh, we have to change our perspective and not since that um, – that oh oh woe is me. Um, we have to hold each other accountable. Sure. In the sense of like, look, if you need help, I can help you out. If you need prayers, I can help you. Pr- you know, pray for you. But but also what you're saying about the kids is that we it's perfect time to teach them their faith because you know as parents back in the day it was our responsibility to catechize them. You know to to know the catechism. Um, the priest helped out, but but it was up to us to help them like homework sure. remember so. Let's do that. Let's remind them if if there's some things that 
that they're driving you crazy, say, okay, let's let's turn on EWTN and do the Divine Chaplet. Sure. You know, uh, there's so many opportunities out there to show the faith and and not be show fear because your kids can pick that up. Well, and to, yeah. and, and to develop the importance of it sure. to where this isn't just something we do during this time period. This is something we build that we're going to do every day now that we're going to put into our lives. That You hear so many people go, I spent so much money, you know, with those Catholic schools and my kids came out and they just left the faith. Well, like you said to your point, that's not the job of the Catholic schools to catechize your children and to make them Catholic. They're obviously there to help with that, mm-hmm. but the responsibility falls on us. So now with all this time we have, you know, whether you're working from home, but now that that allows you some time to really spend with your children to build these practices and put them into place. We say so often at all these men's conferences you go to and everywhere, you're supposed to be the spiritual leader of your family. I mean, how many, every speaker tells guys that now's the time to live that. Yeah. Right. Like now is the time for you as a man to step up and to say, we're not going to be afraid. We're not, we're going to trust in the Lord. We're going to trust that he's going to provide for us. And we're going to live the life of a Catholic. We're gonna we're gonna do the things that we can't do now as a community in our own small community in our domestic church. We're gonna grow that during this period and 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 reach out. You know, the, the Lord has blessed us with so many ways. Now, you know, we just put together Matt Ingold that was gonna be the speaker here at uh, Men's Morning of Spirituality in Memphis in April. Obviously, that's been canceled. A lot of the events I was going to were canceled. There's a lot of men out there that look at these for these watershed moments every year. Well, we just came up with virtual Catholic Men's Conference dot uh, com. I think is the website. You can check it out on just got on the pews Facebook page or whatever. But we put together a virtual conference for the weekend of April third through the fifth, starting at midnight to midnight. And it's we've gotten a bunch of powerhouse speakers together to do twenty minute, you know, uh, talks and put it out there so that people you can get together with maybe two or three of your buddies. You want to go ahead and plug people in? Go for well, it. Well, I will in a second. Yeah, yeah but it, it's. <laughs> But there's we've we've done this because we thought you know what we're not going to let the devil win with this like right. we still need community we still need each other and and you know what this is a way that people from around the world can come together to listen to these great speakers like I mean Father Mike Smith's is signed on to do it Jesse Romero um, Damon Owens Bill Donahue uh, I'm doing one Matt Ingold's doing one Deacon Jeff's considering you know being a part of it. There's a Hector Molina. There's a bunch of people out there that are great speakers that are going to do this, and it's going to be free, so that we can use what God's given us—the gift of technology—to still commune together. Even though we're not in person, we're still abiding by what the government officials and our churches and have asked us to do. But there's opportunities out there to not, even though we're separated physically, we don't have to be because of technology. Right. So you know you can look at that, but there's other things that are going to do like that. I know our men's group. David and I have talked about, you know, on Wednesday nights for the time being, putting together some sort of Zoom or webcast. That's not my forte, that's his, but a place where any one of our guys that want to hook up from that 7 to eight fifteen on Wednesday night, we can continue to do the things we do. You know, yeah, it'll be virtual, but we can still see each other. We can still talk. We can still pray and do all those things. So there's so many bright sides to this. And I think people are looking at this as like the world's ending. But we need to look at it as this is an opportunity, an invitation to really see what, to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, but to honestly give it a helping hand and to get out there and, 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 and flex our spiritual muscles and start doing the things that we're called to do as Christians. And to, and to seek your life to be virtuous, you know, and I think you said to prepare ourselves in case something does happen, mm-hmm. you know, to ourselves as well. So, yeah. Right. And there's, 
I mean, there's so much stuff out there. I mean, I, Pope Francis, another quote I had here, he said, do not lose hope. St. Joseph also experienced moments of difficulty, but he never lost faith and he was able to overcome them and the certainty that God never, never abandons us. So that's what we need to remember. I, I think there's a, there's a desire, I don't want to say a desire, but there's almost a proclivity to thinking God's abandoned us during this. Like all of this, why now, why this? I'm scared to do anything. We've got to let that fear go to the side. I mean, there's so many verses out there that say, you know, here's Psalm 55, 23. Cast your care upon the Lord who will give you support. He will never allow the righteous to stumble. You know, do not fear. I am with you. Do not be anxious. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. Isaiah 41, 10. So starting from there, I mean, there's several other verses, but here's what we need to be doing, in my opinion. We need to be doubling down on our spiritual practices. Like whatever you've done, double your efforts on it. Add more. Pray more. That's that's the first thing we can do is pray for our families, but not only for our families, but for others, the people that are suffering through this. Like you talked about earlier, people that are losing finances because of this, people who have elderly that are sick and dying, the people who have lost people. We need to be praying more than we ever have. And there's thousands of rich prayers in the Catholic tradition that speak specifically to these times of desolation, of disease, of of all of these things. So we need to be praying more than we ever have. You know, we need to be in the word. All these verses, I mean, you want to find consolation. You want to find um, reasons to not be anxious. And Look in the Bible. There's countless, I mean, there's like 370 times in the Bible, something like that, where Jesus says, do not be afraid. Take courage. Those are all in there. We've talked about it before. But there's so many other things like we just read in the Old Testament that are everywhere talking about the Lord never leaves us. You know, he never left the Israelites when they were in the desert. He's not going to leave us too. You know, he's not going to leave us either. So we need to be in the word. We need to continue to look inward at what God is teaching us through all of this. What are the learning moments to take these thoughts captive as is, is, is St. Paul says and, and make them submit to Christ? And, and what what is he trying to teach us through this? And, and to take these thoughts and really not give into that fear. But what am I to learn from this? And then we need to be using this time to, to, to teach our children what it means to have faith in God, even in the hard times. And we heard that in the in the reading today. Moses says, however, take care and be earnestly on your guard not to forget the things which your own eyes have seen, nor let them slip from your memory as long as you live, but teach them to your children and your children's children. So remember, guys, there's always consolation on the horizon from desolation. There's always certainty waiting after a period of uncertainty. So guys, trust in the Lord, lean on him, and he'll be there for you. Victor, let's take it to prayer. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, desolation and uncertainty are always going to be a part of our spiritual journeys. There is no crown without a cross and no Easter without Good Friday. Help us to walk willingly alongside you, tying our uncertainties and sufferings to your passion. And Father, whenever fear and doubt begin to creep into our minds, give us the strength to answer them with a great faith and trust in you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.